Welcome to the Your Say Podcast, episode 66, 66, 66. Right, are you ready? We are going to talk about lessons. Lessons that I've learned years on. Lessons that the internet's told me people have learned years on. Lessons around going inwards and doing the personal healing and personal growth. Lessons from COVID, like, hello, do we remember what we learned in 2020 or have we forgotten? Because this is your fucking reminder call. Lessons for lo- from loss and grief. <gasps> have you lost someone? Did you sit at the funeral? Did you go, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that? And then the next day you just got back on the fucking treadmill. And the clinger, lessons from becoming a parent. Oh, my God, I share it all. Of course I've got stories. Of course I'm inappropriate. Hold on, you're going to fucking love this episode. I think the other thing as well is it's the outward changes that you have as a person. So I've learned that the more inwards I go, the more I develop and grow. The more I develop and grow, the more unique connections and relationships I've developed. And this is phenomenal. Now, not everyone has the courage to do this and not everyone has the appetite to do it. And that's okay. But I have learned very clearly that the more inwards I go, the more I attract other like-minded people. And for me, it's really, really, really powerful. One of the other lessons I've learned around going inwards is if you don't have self-love and self-respect, you might end up feeling really lonely because here's a reality check. We're born babies alone and we're nurtured by our family and then our children end up potentially looking after us and we might have a partner, but eventually in our last five to ten years we might find ourselves alone again. Now this is a truth, right? This is a reality. And when we're there in that last five or ten years of our life, if we don't like ourselves and if we haven't gone inwards and learnt the lessons in our 20s and 30s, we're probably going to do it then, right? Now, who wants to get to 80 or 85 and be like, wow, I really wish I had worked less. I really wish I had said this to my kids. I really wish I had done that, right? Who wants, who wants that? No one wants that. But sadly, that's a reality for a lot of people. So for me, the lessons around going inwards as soon as you can. You know, I get my kids to go inwards. I don't want them to wait till 30 like I did. I want them to be emotionally connected to themselves. I want them to know that they need to love themselves. I've got them writing in, I've got my, my six-year-old's writing in a journal at the moment. So that's a really big one. Self-love as its own little entity is what comes from going inwards. We learn to love ourselves. We learn to pleasure ourselves. And when I say pleasure yourself, I don't mean necessarily masturbating. I mean, what brings you pleasure? Do you find pleasure in bushwalking, running, exercise, meditating? Like what, what's your thing? What are you into? And whatever it is, go for it. I opened up my mind and my network this year. 2023 was the year for connection and finding my tribe. And in this year, I wanted to say yes to more experiences and I've done that. I've definitely met some new people. I've I've definitely welcomed some people into my tribe and some have stayed, some have gone, but ultimately it's been wonderful, right? And that's all come from me going inwards. So my journey to go inwards started 
primarily because of a breakup, which I've been very vocal on this podcast about. But one of the books that I read, and it's really, um, again, prevalent, I've talked about it on the podcast, is by Jung Peblo. It's actually a book of uh, Jung writes, um, they're like little paragraphs, almost memes type thing. And his book number one, he's written four now, but book number one is called Inward. I cannot recommend this enough. You can order it on Amazon and it will literally arrive at your door the next day. It's like $21. The Inward book is so incredibly powerful that it makes you stop and it makes you think. It's something I've read front to back a number of times, but it's not something you read pages and pages. You just have it as part of your daily practice. You open it up to a page, you read it, you feel into it, and it gives you this beautiful, yummy little gift. So lessons learned years on around going inward uh it's it's an undeniable must right so anyone that's listening to this goes yeah i'm gonna take all my stuff to my grave don't don't my mum's been saying to me i'm too old for all that shit for 20 years she could have dealt with her shit 10 years ago and she could have been having 10 years of bliss go inwards feel it to heal it that is the number one lesson that I've learned and I'm comfortable with the timing of my life and when I've done it. But if you haven't done any internal work, let this be the bum slap that you might need. Learn to go inwards because honestly, it is so rewarding. All right, this one's a little bit left of center. I wanna talk about the lessons that we learned from COVID. Ugh, COVID. Now. Full disclosure, it's uh, October 2023. COVID hit in 2020. Now, I live on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We didn't really get hit by COVID. We had a couple of a couple of lockups, but you know, nothing, nothing, nothing compared to Victoria and parts of Sydney. So I have done some research on this. I've talked to some people. I've consulted my PA, Google, and these are some of the lessons that lots of people learned from COVID. I think the big thing for me that stood out originally is no one was immune to COVID. (laughs) So it didn't matter how much money you had. It didn't matter where you were in the world. It didn't matter what your opinions or race or political views were. Like you could get COVID right and i thought there was so many lessons in that right because when we're all stripped back to our bare kind of bones and we're we're talking about survival which at the time it was everyone's equal right we're all human beings that don't necessarily want to leave the planet so one of the big lessons that i got out of COVID and that i witnessed and saw was that everyone was equal and no one was immune which is not necessarily the case with so many other things that hit our world all right i've got another one this one is big embracing technology oh there goes my bin man every freaking thursday i'm trying to record a podcast he comes past I believe that a lesson that I learned from COVID and so many did is that we have this massive technology bucket. A lot of people were, I don't need to do that. I don't touch the computer. No, no, I don't have a camera. I mean, if you were in the technology industry, your business went fucking gangbusters. The shares showed us that. 
Everyone was locked up. They had no way of communicating and everyone had to learn, right? Everyone fumbled their way through and they learned these new ways. Officers were paying rent. All of a sudden, that's a thing of the past. So many businesses have now opted to continue staying work from home. Others have smaller co-working spaces. Technology had the ability to teach us that we can question status quo. And fuck, I love that lesson. I absolutely love that lesson, right? It reminds me of I grew up with the phone on the cord and you would get home from school and you would ring your friends and mum would go, Nikki, Greer's on the phone and I don't know what you're going to talk about. You've been, been with her all day. And we would run to the phone and we would get the phone and then we would sit there and we would talk, right? We would talk for 20 minutes, half an hour, two hours, three hours. And then after dinner, we'd want to call each other and talk again. Anyone that's over 40 will remember this, right? And your parents were like, what are you talking about? Now, that is no different to what our children do now on Snapchat. Snapchat's the chosen platform in Australia for anyone over the age of 10. That is how they communicate. They do this strike game. They photograph everything. In fact, I don't think I've seen my son eat breakfast without snapping at first. And I really fucking struggled with this, right? I struggled, struggled with it a couple of years ago, three or four years ago. And then I kind of had to remind myself and be like, I wrote letters to my friends. I wrote in journals and I'd pass it to them when I saw them. I would phone them at every opportunity. I don't think the behavior is any different. I just think the technology is caught up. I'm not saying the technology can't be dangerous. Of course, the technology can be dangerous. But the lesson that I learned through COVID was embrace technology. So if you are someone out there that doesn't embrace the new thing or when something comes out, they're like, not interested, I think you're doing yourself a disjustice. I think you need to explore it, find it, touch it, feel it. Does it suit you? Is there a purpose? Because honestly, technology will not stop, right? It will not stop happening. And you will eventually get left behind. Like right now, if you don't have a smartphone, there are some businesses and situations that you're genuinely locked out of, right? Like you just you just can't, can't function. Here's a real life example. My son just turned 18 and he came home and he owed me $70 and he handed me a $20 note and a piece of paper. And I said, what's that? And he goes, I don't know, I got it for my birthday. It's $50, I think. <laughs> And I opened it up and it was a check for $50. And he goes, is that money? And I was like, number one, who the fuck sends a check in 2023? Like who actually fucking does that? I won't say who, but someone in his dad's side of the family. And he just thought he could give it to me and it would be money for me. I'm like, no, no, it's made out to you, mate. Like you need to bank it. I had to explain to him how a check worked, right? Now, clearly that person hasn't embraced technology because now that check, which I think if I search hard enough, I'll probably find two or three others, money just sitting there, never cashed. Why? Not embracing technology. A lesson I've learned, I always embrace it. What else did COVID teach us? Oh, this is the biggest lesson COVID taught the world, I believe. Mental health. I believe mental health is something we've been talking about pretty actively for 10 years, but fuck me, 2020 taught me it's okay to own your state of mind. It's okay to say your mental health's not great. There was a massive, massive, massive lid taken off mental health. All of a sudden you were checking in with friends. How are you coping? How are you doing? 
millions of businesses started, millions of apps, all these different things became available for us and we started talking about mental health. So my question to you is COVID's been gone for a year and a half. It still exists, but certainly not in the, in the media and in the news. Are you still checking in on your friends' mental health? Because just because COVID stopped doesn't mean their mental health issues stopped. So I think we all softened in COVID. We all softened and we all talked and we communicated because there was this level of uncertainty, right? So we were checking in on our loved ones and our friends. Let's not be assholes. Let's not wait for the next COVID. Let's not wait for a lockdown. Check in on people's mental health. Super, super, super important. I think the other thing that COVID taught so many of us is connection. Like if you were living alone and you didn't talk to anyone, you were like, fuck, I didn't realize how much energy I exchanged with my coffee man every morning or my coffee person. Like connection, connection, connection. I think we've all known that love and connection is important, but God, COVID taught us that, didn't it? COVID taught us touch, need, desire. It taught us so, so much about connection. Again, I challenge you and I question, are you still, like, do you still have connection on the pedestal or have you just fallen back into the rat race of life now? COVID taught me connection. Oh my God. Dr. Google told me that one of the biggest things that people learned from COVID was that dogs are great. Pets are great. Pets, pets, pets. So many people got pets. So many people got pets. Our pets' mental health went up. All of their anxiety vanished. They were getting walked two and three times a day. They were getting cuddled. They were licking our feet while we were working and they were just living their very best life. And I think from my perspective, I didn't have a dog then, but I have one now, but I loved it. Everyone was sharing their dog videos and creating fun. And I think that the connection to our animals and our pets was heightened. So the lesson from this, is: are you still doing that? Have you kind of, when was, you know, you're still giving your dog one and two walks or has he kind of sunk back into a mild depression while you're back at the gym and entertaining and going out with all your friends because you can. So lessons for me, lessons for people around the world around COVID, check in on our dogs, check in on our four-legged friends. How are our cats? How are they going? Are they coping? Do they miss COVID? Do they really long for us to be fucking locked back up again so they can hug us? That one was really, really, really commonly spoken about on Dr. Google. All right, we're here. Now I want to talk about lessons that I've learned and others have learned, I'm sure, around loss and grief. So I have had to grieve a relationship, grieve the end of my old relationship. And God, it's taught me so much. It's taught me so, so much. I've had a couple of people close to me lose people that have passed away quite suddenly and the grief and the loss that comes along with that. I know people that have experienced, it's loss of a different kind, loss from miscarriage, loss from love not given, expectation, etc. So I want to dive a little bit into this. 
What are the lessons that we can learn from that? Well, the big one for me, I lost someone. Look, I wouldn't say they were close to me. They were a work colleague, but they were certainly the youngest person that I knew that had passed. I've been very um, fortunate to not have lost people at a young age. I've only lost two work colleagues and grandparents. So I am very aware that this is um, far closer to other people's heart. But what I learned from this loss is how the fuck do you want to be remembered? Now, I remember attending his funeral and just watching how he was remembered and it was a celebration of his life. He was remembered as this beautiful, jovial man, all the things he did and said and it was just an unwavering, beautiful, beautiful space filled with two to 300 people that genuinely loved his character. And it made me sit there and go, how would I be remembered? If I was to pass today or next week or tomorrow, what would people say about me, right? And I've made dramatic change in my last 10 years to my work-life balance, but certainly up until about 35, I was pretty much a workaholic. And it was always about staying longer and doing more and all of those types of things. Whereas now I want my legacy to be, oh, she was the girl that – talked like on her podcast and shared and she helped me and I worked with her one-on-one and it was so great when she used to do that and I wish that I could do that and wow, she wasn't really my cup of tea but good on her for standing up and saying it and that's what I want to be known for. I want to be remembered as this authentic, powerful leader. I want to be remembered for the person that showed up unapologetically and this is something I have made a very, very conscious decision in my life to be having worn masks my whole life, having been in relationships where that wasn't the case, I completely turned everything on its head and made that a conscious decision. So one of the biggest lessons for me around loss and grief is looking about, looking at yourself and going, how do I want to be remembered? And when you know that, are you living in that truth? Are you living the life that's going to allow you to be remembered? Or are you focusing on areas in your life that just honestly, in the scheme of things, don't fucking matter? (sighs) Right, another one. Lessons from loss and grief. For me, fucking say yes to experiences. Say yes. If you're listening to this podcast and you've been invited to something or you've been asked to do something and you're uncomfortable, just say yes. Say yes. Worry about the detail later. Say yes. Put yourself outside your comfort zone so that you can grow and learn and leave behind that legacy. Oh, God, there is so much power in saying yes. And it's something I've been practicing all year and I love it. Can't recommend it enough. Okay, another one. Lessons from loss and grief. I'm a lover. I love fucking hard. I've loved hard in all my relationships and I wouldn't change any of it. Even though I'm single now, I would not change any of the love. I wouldn't change any of it. A lesson for me is love as fucking hard as you can, right? You do not have control over anything but the exact moment. But if you feel it, fucking share it. Throw the rule book in the wind, in the bin. Don't be like, oh my God, they text me. I don't want to look keen. I better not text them back. Fuck that. If you want to talk to them, talk to them. Just be real. Because one thing is, 
One thing is for sure is that when everything's stripped away, you only have yourself. And if you haven't shown up in your true perspective of who you are, honestly, you're just cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself out of a genuine connection. Another one, fucking work less. Work less. Remember we're embracing technology? Work less. Work smarter, not harder. We all say it, but are you doing it? I do it. I do it. I practice it religiously. I'm not there. I have some weeks that are far better than others. But I challenge you to work less. Less is more. If you're a leader and you're listening to this podcast and you are a leader of a team of however many people, it can be one, it can be 10. If you work an unrealistic amount of hours and you are like on for that entire time, then you're putting an unrealistic level of work expectation onto the team below, right? So does that make sense? If you're working 70 hours a week, but you're only supposed to be working 40 and in that 70 hours, you're actually really working, right? So you're not just someone that can't manage their time. You're pumping out the work, you're clearing your inbox, you're getting that person to do that. Well, guess what? That's unrealistic, right? You're doing the job of one and a half people. So you're pushing all that work above and and below and therefore you're setting your team up to say, hey, this has got to be done, this has got to be done, this has got to be done. And then they're there going, well, hang on a second, I've only got 40 hours. Like I don't want to work 70 hours. So if you're a leader, use this as an opportunity, as a little bit of a check-in to kind of go, hmm, am I creating a realistic expectation for them? Because when we lose someone or when someone passes, they might stand at your your funeral and go, they were very dedicated to their work, but they're not, but then, but they, is that what you want to be, is that what you want to be known for? Or do you want to be known for, they were a standing citizen of this, they joined this club, they drove this, they did this, you know, like, no one's going to go, wow, you know, she put in two hours extra overtime every day. We're so grateful for that. No one's going to say that. So learn the lesson. Learn the lesson and work less. Right. I got one more big one. This is a big lesson I learned. A lesson from loss or grief. Are we ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Money means jack shit. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make you happy. Money doesn't make you happy. It doesn't. It makes things easier. It gives you a level of uh, choice, but it doesn't make things, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you happy. It means jack shit. I had it all. I had the high-flying job, so did my partner, the home, the cars, the holidays, everything, and my world still crumbled apart. And now I still like nice things. Now I still have an appetite for a certain level of lifestyle, and that's okay. And I want to earn the amount of money so that I can sustain that. But having an abundance of money will not make you happy. Paying off your mortgage might give you a sense of relief for 20 minutes, two days, but it won't necessarily change your mindset. It won't necessarily allow you. If you haven't done the inward work that we spoke about at the beginning, all the money in the world won't mean jack shit, right? We look at all these people that win Tats Lotto and and win all these different things and they go on to have these really miserable lives. One of the lessons I learned from loss, after my big loss in my life, I kind of looked back and went, you know, 
none of that meant anything. I thought it did. I thought that once I had all that, it was going to mean something, but it didn't. The only thing that really meant anything was the relationship and the connection and how I was showing up for myself. And in truth, upon reflection, I wasn't doing any of that well either. (gasps) Okay, next one. Now, the next one's fucking controversial. I'm going to give you the hot tip. Just remember, this is all subjective, right? These are Nikki's lessons learned years on and a little bit of Google. So these are the lessons I've learned about being a parent, right? Someone finds out they're having a baby. There's just all this society, patriarchal fucking expectation around what comes next. We know my thoughts on expectation, fucking stupid. I want to talk about becoming a parent and the lessons I've learned about it. I have an 18-year-old. I have a six and a half-year-old. That is who and what I have. Now, number one, this is what I've learned. You parent an adult for way longer than you parent a baby. I'm going to say it again. You parent an adult way longer than you do a baby. So they're a baby for one and a half years, then they're a toddler, then they're a fucking tween, then they're a teenager, and then they're 18 and their class is an adult, right? Well, 19. And then they're going to live from 19 through to you're going to see them to 50, 60. Now, no one talks about that. No one talks about the fact that you're going to parent an adult. Now, do you stop parenting an adult? What's the relationship you want to have with your adult child? No one talks about that. There's a million books on fucking mothering babies and breastfeeding and all this stuff. And yes, those, you know, those early years are instrumental. Yes, 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 yes. But guess what? Once a kid gets to 16, 17, they're going to make their mind up about you as a person. They're going to learn their own stuff. They're going to be growing up in a world you didn't grow up in. They're going to have exposure to technology, thoughts, programs. They're probably going to go fucking inward. And if you haven't, guess what? They're going to have an opinion of you right? I'm 47. Some of my listeners are around a similar age. We look at our parents and go, well, they didn't do that back then. Back in their day, they didn't do that. Back in their day, they didn't talk about their problems back in their day. Well, what are our kids going to be saying about us? Because what I've realized with an 18 year old is you got to think about this shit. So like I talk to my friends now and they're like, oh, teenager, teenager, and they can't wait till they grow up. And I'm kind of like, but then what? Like, how often do you want to see them? What do you want them to think about you? And I say this because I'm navigating it right now and I've navigated this landscape really well, really proud of the relationship I have with my son, really proud of the young man he's grown up to be. But I look at other parents and I judge and I see what they're doing and I hear what their kids are saying. I listen to his friends. I listen to his girlfriend. I listen to what they're doing and what they're telling their parents and I'm turning in my grave. I'm like, thank fuck my son is not lying to me. Now, some parents, you don't have to know everything. I'm not here flying that flag. I'm just saying, learn this lesson. You parent your children as adults for so many more years than when they are a baby. And they don't get to 16 and go, oh, thanks for fucking wiping my ass, right? That's just an expectation. They're children. You've got to look after them. That's your job. But what's the relationship you want with this adult? Now, for me, I want to be in my son's life. 
I want to be having dinner with him once or twice a week. I want to talk to him more than once a week. That's the relationship I want. I want to live in the same state as him. If he travels, I want to go and meet him. I want to get involved with his children when he has them. I want to, you know, I don't want to live vicariously through him, but I want him to want to be around me. And here's the clinger. Here's the thing on the lesson. If you've been a fucking asshole in your life and haven't owned it and told your children and haven't shared, haven't shared the warts and all stories of life, well, when they're an adult, they're going to find it out anyway. Now, obviously, you've got to have the right, appropriate discussions with people. But I use this as an example. My youngest son was three when me and his mum separated. And we separated because she had an affair. And he doesn't know that because of his age. But at some point, he will, right? He will learn that. He will learn that piece of the pie. Now, he will have judgment and that's okay, right? I'm not going to be ragging her out, but I'm also never going to lie, right? And so one of the things and one of the lessons that I've learned is you have to own your shit to your children. And for me, I've owned it and my son has respect for me over it. Now, I found out when I was 11 that my dad wasn't my real dad. There was no transparency. Everything was lies, lies, lies. Everything was found out after the event. And that's not the relationship that I want. So the lessons learned for me around becoming a parent, and I want you to all learn this one for me. If you are a parent, think about how you're going to have a relationship with your child when they become an adult. Talk to your husband, partner, wife, etc., about this. Like, what do we want? Some parents are like, yep, 18, I'm done. I'm going around the world. Fuck that. No, I'm not minding your kid. I did that. Everyone's got different expectation and there's no right or wrong answer. But all I know is that I've learned now that I've got an 18-year-old, anything you do or say, they learn about it, right? They eventually learn about it. If you want to have that level of transparency, your kids will eventually learn that about you. Let's talk more about lessons on becoming a parent. Oh, this one's so important, right? So when you become a parent, some parents become fixated, right? They want to show photos. No one cares. No one cares, guys. No one wants to see more than one photo of your kid. They don't. And that's just the truth, right? They don't, unless they're the grandparents, right? But even your best friend in the world doesn't want to see any more than one photo of your baby. It's just the reality. Same goes with your dog. I'm always putting photos of my dog on my Instagram and I'm like, no one wants to see my dog this much. They just don't. Well, maybe one or two people, but really no one cares. So just know that, right? If you want to keep doing it, fucking keep doing it. But know that no one cares and loves your kid like you do, right? And that's okay. Another lesson I've learned, oh, becoming a parent does not define who you are. When you become a parent, you lose your identity. Yeah, you fucking do. You lose your identity. Things aren't the way they were. Everything changes. You don't know what the fuck to think. And you kind of lose who you are. Doesn't happen for all parents, but does happen for most, particularly common in women. How do I know this? Because I am one and I listen to my clients. I have a lot of clients that have kids and I have a lot of clients that don't have kids. And the big differentiating factor is that those that have children lose sight of who they are. They lose their identity. Whether that's they took maternity leave, they've got to go back, 
they breastfed, their body changes. They're just fucking mentally exhausted. They lose who they are. So here's the lesson. Plan for it. Plan for what that's going to look like, right? Plan for ahead of time. Are you going to go back to work? What are you going to do for you in that first 12 months? Like you can plan for this, right? I work with clients all the time on planning for this. But please understand that the lesson I learned years on, being a parent will not define you. And you're also not going to get thanked, right? These little fuckers don't say thanks. In fact, I don't think my kids have ever said thanks, right? Like they thank you for giving them something, but they don't say thanks. You know, have I ever thanked my mum? Probably not. Poor, poor, poor mum. I rag her out enough. I should thank her, right? I should thank her. I think I've thanked her along the years, over the years. Um, But she did the best she could. And we're all doing the best we can. But the lesson learned, kids don't define who you are. So don't give your identity to them. Don't live vicariously through them. Leave something for yourself. Fit your own oxygen mask before you save others. Because if you lose your identity and you just focus on them, they are going to not need you. When they go to school, they're going to not need you if they go to daycare and they certainly won't need you when they become a teenager. And then you look back in the mirror and go, who the fuck are you? You're now probably a bit more overweight. You're now don't pleasure yourself, not sexy, don't even know what the fuck you like. What am I going to do? Learn the lesson. Do not let children define who you are. Okay, I've got another one. This is so controversial. I'm going to share this one. This one's close to my heart and it's happened with two very close friends of mine. There is a lesson on this you need to learn for any wannabe parents or parents with young children. You may not like your kid. (gasps) Can you believe I've said it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's true. There's a chance you will love them, you will nurture them, but there's a chance you don't like them. You might not like their personality. You might not like the way they grow up. You might not like the values that they get instilled from their friends, their friends' families, their school, the internet. You may not like your kid. It's fucking hard to swallow, right? I definitely have people in my life who don't like their kids. Of course they love them right? They have love for them, but they don't like them. They don't like hanging out with them. They don't like being with them. They find them really fucking annoying. No one tells you that. I can tell you now, no baby books talk about that. No one says you're not going to like your kid. Personally, I like my kids, right? I like my eldest son. I enjoy his company and I really like my young son. But I definitely, definitely know firsthand that not all parents like their kids. And those mums that dare and dads that dare have the balls to admit it, good on you. It's okay. And you don't have to, you mightn't like them for a year and then they might come back into fashion. That's okay. It's like any relationship in this world, right? It flutters in and it flutters out. But I can tell you now, be prepared for this lesson. You may not like your kid. And if you don't, it's okay. No one's judging you and you're not alone, okay? You are definitely not a fucking loan. Lessons, lessons, lessons. And here's the clinger, right? Like 
some people can't learn until they experience it. That's that's not all people. Some people can be taught, right? I've definitely had um, mentors in my life that have said to me, Nikki, learn this from me. Learn this, learn this. They've taken the time to say, hey, I want you to learn this lesson. So this is me acting as your mentor right now, speaking into your ears, saying, learn some of these lessons. You might only take one, just take one, one little thing away, because this will give you a level of acceptance far, far quicker, and it will stop you beating yourself up. So I want to go back over it. Personal, internal growth, going inward. (gasps) Do it go inward do it if you need help and support reach out to me on instagram i am always here to help you lessons from covid what did you learn in covid think back think back for the next five minutes on covid and go fuck you know in covid we were fucking having sex in the kitchen god it was great we're having sex in the kitchen at lunchtime our sex life was great awesome do it again how can you implement that in your new life The lessons are there. Go back and learn them. Give your dog an extra hug. Take your dog to an extra extra walk this weekend. Lessons from loss and grief. What is your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Right? What do you want to be remembered for? And if you're becoming a parent or you are a parent, for the love of God, it's okay if you don't like them sometimes. It's okay. And they don't define who you are. And they're going to be a fucking adult soon enough. So stop with the baby books, right? Think about who they're going to be as human beings and foster that relationship. This is my TED Talk. I'm Nikki from the Your Say podcast, trying to share with you my lessons. If you found this podcast helpful, please share the shit out of this baby because honestly, I wish someone whispered all of this to me. I really do. I really, really do. Have a great week. See you next week.